Welcome back to the Craps Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your commissioner, Andrew Zurich. It is October 26th, almost Halloween, um, getting that scary time of year. And hey, speaking of scary, we got some fantasy football to go through. Since you're here, since you just happened to waltz into the podcast, week seven is done and through. Um, we had... I won't say like surprise results this past week. I think everything kind of went the way predictions were supposed to go. Maybe not in terms of points, but in terms of the wins and the losses, I think they were they were there. I think I missed one of the matchups this week in my projection. Um, let's take this opportunity to go through probably what I think is most... I mean, it's the most important thing for everybody, right? The standings, but... There's there's uh, been a real big shift this week, if you will. Um, what happened was the guys that were in first, second, and third, so you've got Andy, the Blood Brothers, and myself, all won our matchups this week. Um, we I think we were all collectively playing people that were in a much worse position and were able to come away with all those matchups. So... Maybe other than Galish Gents, who's really put on a, a, a good show for the second half of the year here. Or, you know, I mean, we're in the second half right now. The second stretch of, what am I talking about? I think he's lost more games recently than he's won. All right. Not picking on Galish today. Not not this early. Not this early. Not an under two minutes in, in the show. Um, yeah, so anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is... The, the records are vastly different for the first, second, and third teams right now with some comfortable leads. There's not so much a tie for, like, fourth. So let, let's just go through this. Like, Andy has a very comfortable lead at 6-1, and one, which is hilarious because I just think back to week one when Andy and I both lost in our first week, and we're like, oof, yeah, ooh, fantasy season starting out the absolute wrong way, and everything has turned since then. I actually think I lost week two. Uh, or did I not? No, I didn't lose week two. Um, I'm on three win streak right now. Andy is on a six game win streak. Um, it makes sense. Blood Brothers is really putting on a lot of points. Um, we're still relatively even. I think he pulled away this week. Um, Jonathan Taylor is a massive, massive fantasy, uh, stud this year, especially for the value in which you got him at. So you love to see that. Um, records as they stand so far, Andy, the lone dog at six and one, you've got those blood brothers and Jake, the snake at five and two. And then you've got two teams at four and three. So this is why I was saying there's quite a big difference because fourth and fifth are four and three, and then only six places, three and four. So the last four teams are fighting more for that sixth place spot than they are any of those other spots at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season. We're halfway through. I'm not counting all the chickens coming to the coop before they get there. I'm just saying there's more of a comfort level for anybody who's in that top five than there would be in the bottom half from a record standpoint. There's a lot of ground to make up for the teams that are six and beyond. Um you know, Brett obviously being the only three and four, it's not as big as ground to make up. But for those four teams that are hunting for that sixth covenant playoff spot, it's gonna be tough sledding from from this point on. Um, okay, moving on. So I'm gonna do something vastly different this podcast uh, from an editing perspective, just because I'm battling through some congestion. I'll be pausing on occasion to see if I can take a drink, blow my nose, do all the things you probably don't give a shit about. Uh, let's go through the matchups here. I'd like to start with uh, the biggest blowout of the week, which was the Kickers Are People 2 and Galas' Gents. Uh, Kickers Are People 2 got 148, which actually, you know what? This is the first time I'm noticing. I thought, I was looking at this, I was like, oh yeah, I was second in points behind Blood Brothers. Okay, I'm not. I, I'm second in points, or I'm third in points behind Andy. Uh so just, you know, typical Andy putting up probably something on Monday night. Who do he have on a Monday night game here? Nobody. But I just didn't notice this. Okay, well, you know, let's go through this. All right, so I think the sneakiest play of the entire year, I think the guy 
that, I mean, sneaky, maybe not the right word, but certainly somebody that wasn't even on my fantasy radar this year for a 10-man league would have been Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford has been putting in a clinic this year. He looks so good. Uh, it just makes you feel awful for how bad Detroit had been all these years and to just stifle him like he was. He puts up 27 41 attempts, 28 completions, 334 yards, and three touchdowns, no picks. Matt, he, I mean, Matt Stafford only has four picks all year. Uh, I know that's not like the best stat, but he's got 20 passing touchdowns, so you'll take it. Um, DK Metcalf, Monday night. Okay, so he did. He did have people going on the Monday night game. See, I'm not crazy. 17.6. Um, Watching that game, Metcalf had nothing going through the first half, and then coming through into the second half, he he exploded. And uh, I like to see it. He's a talented guy. Cooper Cup, say no more. Two touchdowns, 10 receptions, 160 yards, basically. Uh, him and Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler just own all the fantasy equity, so he could just build the team around that. You don't even have to have a good tight end. Uh, you'll take Tyler Higby on the Rams as well, because why not? You'll just play three Rams and it's like, sure, let's just give you all of the points. Cause they're going to put up, you know, 28 points against Detroit, which an odd game. If you watched it, I was really rooting for Detroit after they came out there looking like they were playing a game of Madden rather than an actual game of football. Loved every bit of it. Uh, Derek Henry, 16.4. He throws a passing touchdown. If you saw it, it's cool to see. Uh, no touchdowns, 86 rushing yards on the ground. So 16.4 floor game, right? Okay. Uh, Chase Edmonds, it's a bye week. So Chase Edmonds is a very serviceable buy. Uh, and he does just that does serviceable points. 10. Exactly. Uh, Marquise Brown having himself a, a great year. This is one of those great value plays coming up on his bye week this week, but 14 targets, only five catches, 80 yards in a touchdown. But if I'm going to say anything about any player getting, you know, only 80 yards and five catches for a touchdown, you're probably thinking maybe they have like seven or eight targets. So the target share is is phenomenal for Marquise Brown. The Ravens have nothing on the ground. They're definitely attacking in the air. And then Arizona's defense putting up 11 against Houston. So what do you expect? Kyler Murray, 22.4 on the other side of the ball for Galas here. Um Kind of a quiet game for him. He's three passing touchdowns, 270 in a pick. Uh, you know, by his standard, he was only going to get 22 points in that game. They probably weren't going to need to pass it much. So you're lucky you end up with three touchdowns for him. I thought he was going to run a lot more than he did in this game, but he did not. Uh, but I guess he didn't need to. So maybe uh, Kingsbury wanted to showcase his throwing ability a little bit more rather than what you can do on the ground. Um We've got Elijah Moore for the Jets here uh, with 10.2. I actually love the play. Um, not sure you predict he's going to get a rushing touchdown and 20 rushing yards uh, and only 13 receiving yards, but I really I really did like the play this week. He had six targets with one catch, um, but he absolutely salvages his day with that rushing touchdown, which is crazy. Jalen Waddle, I thought, was another fantastic play this past week, and it paid out uh, 15 Point three points off eight targets, seven catches, 83. You get a touchdown in there. That's a hell of a game for, for a guy that, you know, is he's, he's rostered a lot, should be rostered more most places. Um, I think moving forward, you can confidently do that, you know, and by that, I mean, play Jalen Waddle now, especially with Tua, but the, uh, the buy, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the trade deadline is coming up. We don't know if Tua is going to be there. If it's going to be Deshaun Watson, he's not on the commissioner's exemplar. So Deshaun Watson would do the same thing, if not better, than Tua is doing there. So Jalen Waddle's a better hold. Um, there's the trade man right there, Leonard Fournette. 81 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, 15 attempts. I mean, you know, he could have he could have had north of 20 carries. Uh, they didn't need to do that against the Bears. They actually got uh, uh, Ronald Jones going late in the fourth because they're like, why not? Just manufacture touches. But... Uh, let's just let's go through this because I think this is the important right? right through the past three weeks. He has four touchdowns. He has 413 yards in the season off 93 attempts. That's that's some really good yards per carry there too for Leonard Fournette. Um, so the Bucks are firing on all cylinders now. When I mean all cylinders, I mean every single freaking cylinder that they have because Gronk is going to be back this week. 
Antonio Brown is going to be back this week. So you got Godwin, Gronk, Evans. You've got uh, uh, Brown. You've got uh, everybody in the NFL, apparently. I mean, Leonard Fournette is catching passes too, which is fantastic for a PBR league. Fantastic for a PBR league. Um, if I learned one thing, though, watching the game, as we all probably did, is I think the move is you just play whoever is playing the Bears. And it's not its not because I think the Bears – I mean, the Bears are that bad, right? But I don't mean it this way. The Bears, if they, if they put up 21 points, that's like the best day they could possibly have. They, they don't know how to score touchdowns this year. They didn't know how to score touchdowns last year. I think I've erased a year before that from memory because they did so poorly after the year that they went to the playoffs. They just don't know how to get it done. Uh, hot take. Let me, I'll get through this and then I'll do my hot take. Um, TJ Hawkinson has really come back down to earth. Uh, it's one of those things that you kind of wish you may have traded him earlier but weren't able to do so. Um, let's go into this Brandon Bolden play, which ends up being amazing, right? So he he catches 6-7. He goes for 79 yards. Uh, he, he actually looked really good. He had a, a 15 yard touchdown where he, uh, just absolutely showcased what he's capable of. Um, I had him as the like RB 50 something in my ranks and he puts up 20 points. So it just goes to show that when I try to make a play like this crap, like that never happens. But when somebody else goes to make something like that, it's just magic. Um, Mike Davis, one point he's injured. Um, he's also fantasy irrelevant at this point. Cordero Patterson has secured his role as running back. And I'm, I'm pretty confident in that Yahoo will probably end up changing Cordero Patterson's designation to just running back instead of RBWR, um, San Francisco, the 49ers, two fumble recoveries and a sack for four points. Uh, ultimately kickers for people two wins one forty eight to 100. Um, what I was going to say. I think you hang on to San Fran's defense this upcoming week against the Bears. So here's my hot take, right? Not so hot. But Gav and Andy will remember this. Uh, not that it was that long ago. It's just worth noting. So two things. I said I never thought the Dalton pickup was a bad thing, especially for the time. Like, we didn't have Justin Fields when we made the pick. I think Dalton's a really serviceable quarterback. And, like, quite frankly, it's the Bears. We got to get Nagy out of here. Just let Dalton play. I'm going back to that. So weeks one and two, I I really thought Dalton played very well. The Bears suck. They have a bad offensive system in general. Like if you think that Matt Nagy is bad at calling plays and you think that Bill Lazor is good at calling plays, then that's ridiculous because Lazor also really sucks at his job. So it's a shame when you got to go from Matt Nagy to Lazor and you're like, oh, yay, upgrade. But it's like, I mean, I can't even make a bad comparison. It's just like having two really bad things. It's like trading on a rotten apple for a rotten orange. Like, they're both fruit. They both suck. You don't want them. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, from from that perspective, Fields is not ready. And, and these guys will ruin him. They need to go. Let's progress this guy off the field like we saw it. I heard an analogy one time that I didn't love at the time. Uh, from Kay Adams, and now, and now I actually kind of like the analogy. She basically just said that, like he's like buns in an oven kind of a thing. Fields, you you are really excited to have them, and you can't wait to to eat. And <clears throat> you go in the oven and you pull the buns out, and you're looking, and they're not they're not quite ready yet. They're they're still a little doughy, and you're like, oh, but I want to I want to have them now. And you you take it, and it's just not nearly as good as you thought it was. But it doesn't mean that they're going to be bad. You just got to put them back in the oven. I really think we need to do that with Fields. We need to put him back on the bench. We need to let him learn. <clears throat> Even if he's not learning anything this year, I don't think that's bad. Not getting injured behind two, well, more than two, but behind a, a bunch of boobs that don't know how to coach. Um, get this guy somebody next year. I've, I've never liked Pace. I've never, well, I mean, I've defended Nagy, so I'm not going to say I never loved Nagy. Um, I thought Nagy should stay while Pace goes, but 
it's become incredibly obvious to me how wrong I actually was. Like, Nagy is hands down the worst coach in the NFL right now and has been for the four years that he's been there. He rode the the coattails of the Bears defense that first year. Hey, it's a fantasy football podcast, and I just love the opportunity to get a few years to listen to, to how awful Matt Nagy actually is as a coach because we all agree. We all agree. I, You know what? I got to stop. I, we keep doing it. Uh, let's go to the next matchup, which is a heartbreaker. Um, in more ways than one, right? And uh, I actually think that this matchup is indicative of how Ryan's season has gone. Of course, I'm talking about the matchup between Blood Brothers and Pontiac Bandits. Blood Brothers wins 157.24 to 131.44. Biggest takeaway here is that Ryan can put up points, but Ryan can never put up more points than who he's playing against. Uh, he has, on the year... 938 points put up against him, which is the most of anyone in the league. Uh, he has put up 884 points. That's not the best in the league, but that would be enough to sit him in fourth place if we're going on points alone. So um, instead, he sits at seventh. Let's go through here. Uh, 131 points on a, on a bye week, too, when you've got Cook, Diggs, sitting. uh you know, I mean, Singletary's also sitting too, but you're not playing him over uh, Damian Harris and Dearness Johnson, who was a massive pickup. All same, Patrick Holmes absolutely tanks this one. He looked bad. Ah, God, I just never... I didn't see this one. Nobody did. Uh, 206 passing yards, 36 rushing yards. He loses a fumble. Uh, he throws a pick. Um two turnovers from Holmes. He's, he's got a turnover. He's got a pick in every game outside of week one. He has, this pains me to say, cause he's so talented. He's still seventh in the league right now for points, by the way. Um, 18 in the air on the year and nine picks. So that's not the ratio you want from your quarterback. Um, but he does get it done. Usually for fantasy, this just is not one of those weeks. I don't know if he'll play this week. He took a nasty hit, so keep an eye on that. Uh, DJ Moore, yeah, Sam Darnold is not good. So DJ Moore just has bad days because of it, and uh, they bench Darnold, and we'll see what happens moving forward. They're, the moderate talk here is that they could go after Deshaun Watson. Uh, I would not be surprised if they did at this point because Carolina is in contention. I just... I'm not convinced after getting rid of Cam Newton that Deshaun Watson is the type of quarterback that they want. I think they want a pocket passer. And that's not what Watson's going to offer you. Watson's very talented. Um, we'll see what they do. Devontae Adams, who's now in COVID uh, protocol, he's probably hanging out with Nagy, drinking beers, laughing about how bad they are. Um, he puts up 20. Damian Harris, 25. Uh, Deanna Johnson, 25. Great pickup. Kyle Pitts is amazing. Now you understand why he went in that first round of the draft. Um, 25 points, 163 yards, seven catches. He had eight targets. He caught seven of those, and nobody could cover him. I mean, it was just embarrassing. At the same time, not embarrassing because this is what that guy is. This is what Pitts is. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal tight end. Um Love the play. Love that Love that Gab was conscious enough to trade for it. Um, Jacoby Myers, 5 for 44. In the flex, that's one of those. Desperation, got to do it. Um, the Rams defense not putting up double digits surprised me. Only getting seven. Um, other side of the ball, fantastic play this week. I think it was a great stream. QB, uh, I had him way down because I just didn't know what he was going to do this week. But four touchdowns. 300 yards and a bunch of rushing yards for Tua against Atlanta. They lost competitive game. Uh, Godwin with 25. He has uh, his third touchdown of the year in this one. 520 yards in the season. 57 targets. Um, I think, you know, when you own a Bucks receiver, any week they go off. I'll bet you Godwin's big week is next week against Chicago. Or, I'm sorry, not against Chicago. Um the Bucks are playing uh, the Saints. I I know the Saints are a tougher defense. I think with Gronk coming back and with Brown coming back next week, 
Dad's yeah, going to open up some opportunities for Godwin. Uh, T. Higgins. Let's take a minute to talk about Higgins. So Chase is super good. Higgins only has two two touchdowns in the year and 256 yards. T. Higgins is very talented. Very, very, very talented. He's he's not getting the looks he should be getting. Um, but that offense is cooking with with Chase and, you know, the connection is there from their college days. So I just don't know how Higgins functions. I think he'll continue to be great. I think he needs to build more rapport with Burrow, even though he has a year technically from a pro perspective with Burrow. Um, it's his second year. He, he's going to be great. He's, he's like WR to borderline three territory at this point for me, which is a shame because he's real talented. Um, Daryl Henderson not putting up a massive game. What a shocker. Had him at RB11, 15 for 45. No touchdowns. Uh, nothing in the air either. They didn't really need it. I mean, Cooper Cup does everything on his own anyway, so why not? Mike Kosecki, great play, 20 points. Uh, streaming option when you got, you know, as many people as you have on by this week. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Michael Pittman. 105 touchdown, four catches. Yeah, that's what Pittman does. And then Tampa Bay's defense, 21 points. So there you go. That's how you get the most points in a week, 157 when you play the Bears. This is why I'm saying if you have San Francisco this upcoming week, play them. Play them. I get San Francisco's also bad, but they're not Chicago bad. There's Chicago bad, and then there's bad. And they're still not even relatively in the ballpark. That's like Little League and minors like that's how different chicago bears are compared to the the 49ers i'm surprised the bears have any wins under their belt i'm not getting into it not going to do it not biting um yeah so blood brothers had to make up a lot on the bye this week to put up these points so it's phenomenal to get through by mcgeddon this way justin jefferson zeke uh justin herbert josh allen roster and three quarterbacks i'm sure um He's got Kenneth Gainwell sitting on his bench now, too, with the uh, Miles Sanders injury. I'm sure his value goes up, even if it's short term. Still like Kenneth Gainwell throughout the year. 157-131 um, for that matchup. And we got Bone City and Camper Dude. And, yeah, this game was more of the numbers that you thought you'd see on, like, a bye week here. So we've got on mixed side of the ball, Joe Burrow with 30 what a great game for him 420 in the air three passing touchdowns and a pick you don't care about the picks at this point his connection with jamar chase is very special uh tyree kill with 13 uh it's just a slow day for the chiefs altogether they only put up three points so for him to get 12 is kind of amazing actually if you want to look at it that way uh cordero patterson 60 rushing yards a rushing touchdown two catches uh he might be I don't get ahead of myself just from like a, he might be that running back that you get off the waiver wires that salvages slash saves slash in some cases in maybe deeper leagues saves your, or I mean, wins you the year, even in, in deeper leagues, uh, not happening. Joe Mixon. I, I think he's having a disappointing year again, talented and he's, you know, the talent is there. He's talented. Like I was saying, uh, rushing touchdown at 60 yards, but I just don't understand the usage of Joe Mixon. And I guess I'll get to this with some other players too. So on the year, he has four touchdowns. He's got 540 yards. He is, he's just up and down and up and down. So just to give you a sense of where I'm at here, right? So like he, he looked phenomenal his first week, 25 points, then eight, then 10, then 13, then 10, then 26, then 10. So you're going to get more floor days i guess with mixon he's been healthy which is great he's got a bye coming up in two weeks i love the matchup this upcoming week so play him with confidence um he was a little banged up about two weeks ago wasn't even sure if he was gonna play and then did and that's when he that's when he put up i think 10 and a half so three weeks ago now um but he's got the jets he's got a banged up cleveland defense then a bye week comes out of it he goes against vegas pittsburgh um the Chargers, so I want him for maybe three of those next six. Um, after that, probably not so much. He's got Baltimore uh, in the playoffs. He's got Denver in the playoffs. Denver's a good 
good defense against the run. Um, and he's got Cleveland, who should or probably will be healthier at that point too. So maybe not going to happen for Joe Mixon. Um, Josh Jacobs left the game with a chest injury, but he gets 15.5 points before he does go. They got a bye coming up. Rest him. Josh Jacobs is starting to look good. I think with a coaching change, you'll see more of Kenyon Drake, but that's good news for Josh Jacobs because he needs to get healthy. So the bye week helps. Um, and the fact that I think the coaching change is going to do a little bit more for him too. Ricky Seals-Jones, 6 for 51. Sure, it's a bye week. Gronkowski's still out. Um, just kind of, you know, Izumo is sitting on mixed bench. I know he left some points up in the air, but win this one anyway. So uh, I, I would have been mad if I lost it and that was sitting on my bench. But uh, James Conner, uh, a garbage time touchdown, gets him over the top, 64 rushing yards and a touchdown. And then the New Orleans defense against Seattle, a good a good one. Uh, very low-scoring game last night too, so that helps. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers with 25. Yeah, playing Washington, three passing touchdowns, 275 with uh, 17 rushing yards for Aaron Rodgers. Um it's a that was another weird game too. I they just took advantage of everything in the air, and Aaron Rodgers has the better day than uh, most everybody, and Devontae Adams as well. Devontae Smith with eleven. I don't know what to say about Philly other than they're not a good football team. There's almost no one I went. So we'll, when we get to PL, I'll talk about this a little bit more. But Jalen Hurts is the number two fantasy quarterback on the year. Nobody saw that coming. What well, maybe Peel. Peel, I'm going to give Peel credit. Peel saw it coming because I know you're Austin. We have a bunch of spots. Uh, that being said, Jalen Hurts sucks. But this is the Tyrod Taylor effect that I love in fantasy football. Bad teams with quarterbacks that run on the ground who aren't necessarily pass accurate tend to get you fantasy points because they're either desperate throw a deep ball that gets caught for a touchdown or they just run and get you 100 yards plus one or two rushing touchdowns. That's what Jalen Hurts is. Um, doesn't translate well to receivers, as we see here, uh, Devontae Smith with just 11. You know, through the year, too, that's pretty typical, somewhere in that fashion. But he, he's seeing targets, so I guess we'll take it. Doesn't He's only got one double-digit game, and that one he had that was against Kansas City. He had a, 122 receiving yards that day, too. Uh, Khalil Herbert, I love this kid. Uh, you know... <laughs> If you had said to me, would I rather own Khalil Herbert or Allen Robinson, I would have been like, who? Because this is a sixth-round rookie draft pick running back, and we picked up Damian Harris from the Chiefs, who's also a serviceable running back. So a guy buried third of the depth chart to emerge like this? Every run I've watched this guy take from a live perspective, and yeah, I'm one of those nerds that after the game when I like a player, I'll go watch a highlight reel of them study up on him a little bit more. He looks so unbelievably good. Uh, he's making the right cuts. His reads are really good. He's He's got the ability to switch. I watched him in this game, and you don't run on, on Tampa. You don't, you don't run. So he gets you, uh, you know, these, he gets you 18 and, and a half points, which, you know, isn't like, oh my God, this is the best guy ever, but Against Tampa, like, that's really impressive. 100 rushing yards, five catches. He caught all his passes, too. So, like, good for this kid. Honestly, a really bright future. I think uh, I think he has earned a spot now for the Bears. Uh, but don't count on Matt Nagy to do anything about that because he's probably just going to put Montgomery in there and overwork him. And, he, and, you know, respectfully, he probably should. And I'll bet you Brett wants that to happen anyway because I know he's got Monty sitting in IR here. Uh, moving on, McKissick with 10 uh, OJ Howard with one. That was my streamer of the week two for tight ends. I don't know how that one didn't work out. Uh, three targets, one catch, especially coming off of a seven, six target, one touchdown game for 50 yards. Yikes. Yeah. Didn't work out. And trust me, I paid dearly for that one too. Henry Ruggs with seven. Um, if you're looking for a floor guy on, on Vegas, it's, it's, uh, Renfro. Uh, it just has more floor games. Um, Cleveland for five. On Brett's bench this week was Najee Harris, C.D. Lamb, Zach Moss, uh, Darren Waller got inactive at the last second. Also on Brett's bench because of IR, Jerry Judy, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
and David Montgomery. So Brett is decimated by injuries, as most people are. Um, I guess it's worth noting Chris Carson sitting on mixed bench too. But like I said, bye week more points-wise, 114 to 98.6 here. Uh, let's move on to Hans Molman, and this is the year. These guys are bottom-of-the-barrel fighters here. Jeff needed a win and got it in a, a pretty big way here. Uh, Jake has just been been losing. Um, I think Jake is on, on a pretty hefty loss streak here. Three, yeah. So uh, not the greatest stretch for Jake, but I, I still do like his team. Just another one that's been decimated by injuries. Luckily, they're not season-ending IR injuries. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so... Let's let's go over to Jake here. Got Lamar Jackson at a trade who does well, 24 points. Uh, AJ Green, who has been really good this year, reemerged a bit, uh, just with 10 though in this one. Calvin Ridley with 12. Uh, Latavius Murray was questionable. Uh, he was declared inactive prior to the game, and uh, this is just a classic. I didn't look at my roster before the game. Kind of a move. So Murray got rolled out. Uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, we got Kelsey with 15. Ingram putting up five. Ahmad St. Brown with zero. And Green Bay's defense with 14. So Green Bay's defense kept it kind of competitive. Uh, not so much. Um, other side of the ball, streaming option, Matt Ryan for Hans Molman. He puts up 18. This is like the most Matt Ryan game ever. He, he goes... He's got a line, right? Matt Ryan has to do something like 320 to 350 passing yards at most. You know, maybe maybe 280. He He's going to get you probably two touchdowns, but he's going to throw a pick. I think he threw a pick in this one and fumbled. But, like, this is Matt Ryan. So when you stream him, if you get, get 19 points, you're like, yeah, great. That's what I wanted. So... Jamar Chase, special, 35 points. This guy's WR2. For, uh, uh, you know, I, never in a million years. This is like the best rookie year I've ever seen a wide receiver have. It may actually be. He's got 201 yards, eight catches, one receiving touchdown. Yes. Just yes. Uh, Brandon Cooks, five for 21. Chuba Huba, you know, he goes for 10. I, it's clear to me that they want Christian McCaffrey back bad. My concern is they're going to try and rush him because this is the situation they're in. They're a good team with a bad quarterback and no run game. And they need to figure it out because they have talent everywhere else. The defense is really talented. Um, man, they, they made moves too. They remember they picked on they they picked up Stefan they picked up Stefan Gilmore from the Patriots too. So like this is a defense that can help you win a championship if they can establish the run and they can get a quarterback that could just make throws past the flat and it's not happening. I wish, man, I really, I really was pulling for Sam Darnold. Like I still kind of am. I don't, I don't think Sam Darnold's as awful as he's been playing. Although never really seen anything from his professional career to like back this up. You just don't want it to be true because the Jets ruin quarterbacks. Most most teams do ruin quarterbacks, and I just don't want it to be true with Sam Darnold. I like a good redemption story. I love the Tannehill story from a couple years ago. He was buried behind Mariota, comes back after being on a terrible team, and does really well as comeback player of the year that year. Uh, Devontae Booker with 15. He's like the Mike Davis pickup of last year for this year, 15 points in this game. Uh, he was looking pretty grim until he got his rushing touchdown, so that – that boosted his day. Zach Ertz, I think, is now going to be a top 10 tight end from this point out. Now that he's in Arizona, 16 points. He's got three three catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, Zach Ertz is good. And then Hunter Renfro with 12.8. Um, I know I said this earlier. Let's just point this out. Hunter Renfro, aside from one game, has double-digit numbers and nothing over 20. 18 is his highest on the year. So that's what I meant. Hunter Renfro is like the most floor guy you could possibly get. But in a flex spot on a bye week, it's a great play. Helps push Hans over the top. And then the Patriots defense putting up 12 there too. Dalton Schultz, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and, uh, well, the Dallas defense is all on a bye. For Jake, I think this is just a whatever. Keenan Allen and Tony Pollard were on a bye, and Buffalo's defense is on a bye too. So, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're hanging out of defenses, sure. Green Bay and New England, both great. Both great. Um, getting into my matchup against Thundercats. Let's just breeze through this one. Um, already said about Jalen Hurts. Don't really need to go into it too much more. He's number two uh, QB on the year. He goes yeah, 61 rushing yards in the game, 236, two passing touchdowns. Um, you know, notably, he also threw no picks in the game, which is great for him. He's got uh, 10 passing touchdowns all year and four picks. He's ranked four overall in fantasy. So, yeah, I think this is a great play. And Peel called it because I gave him a hard time in another league for dropping Aaron Rodgers for Jalen Hurts. So he's back in this guy, rightfully so. A.G. Brown, talented. Love to see him back, 27 points. Robert Woods with 15. Uh, Damian Williams uh, with uh, with eight. Uh, I'm sorry, Daryl Williams. The D. Williams on the KC thing gets me every time. Antonio Gibson, he, he needs rest. They're not doing it. 7.6 for him. Uh, the, Antonio Gibson, <laughs> what I heard earlier this week. Made me laugh. Uh, Noah Fant with 8.6. So, get this. So, I'm watching the game last... Or, I'm not watching the game last night. Because it's like, yeah, you know, I could I could take a Monday off of watching... I'll just watch the highlights. I don't really feel like sitting down. And oftentimes in fantasy, I don't... With all the leagues that I'm in, have the opportunity to just not have to watch a football game. Most of my matchups were determined at this point, right? Like, I'm up 146 to 80-something. So, I'm like, he's got one player left. He's not really going to put up all these points, would he? I tuned in at halftime, and I, I open up the, the Yahoo app, and I look, and I see Alvin Kamara has 31 points in a half. I'm like, wait, didn't he just need 60 to beat me? So, like, if he's he's on pace for that right now. He's absolutely on pace. He he had – this is the thing that I have to point out that's crazy, right? Because, like, it's not that I don't think Kamara's talented. He obviously very much is. He's just not been having that, like – incredible year he's had these boom weeks and then the other ones have just not been as great or maybe i'm not paying enough attention to camara um the thing is is like yeah yeah so camara 18 7 20 12 29 30 so the last two games and coming out of a bye looks good uh for camara like it would just be what i would consider to be my luck if camara was going to do that i mean and he almost did baltimore's defense negative one yuck you can absolutely throw on these guys that's all that was proven to me baltimore's defense is uh he's shitty with the pass really good against the run tom brady qb1 qb1 baby 44 qb1 uh yeah that's tom brady this year is the number one quarterback in the league he's ranked third overall uh yeah love tom brady Loved him at the value. Say that every week. Terry McLaurin, 25 points. Okay, so Terry McLaurin is always peppered with targets, but only ever comes away with like seven of them just because that's how wild it was. I was really hoping Fitz Magic was going to be the quarterback because I feel like he would have been a little bit more accurate than Heineke was. Uh, you know, 122, seven in a touchdown. That's Terry McLaurin this year. D-Hop, this is D-Hop this year. Not 10 targets, one touchdown, and yards. Like, that's what he's doing. Uh, DeAndre Swift is RB2, 30 points in this game. Master of garbage time, love it. Aaron Jones, very weird game. They weren't throwing, just 8.9. Mark Andrews, floor game, sure. Three catches, 50 yards, I'll take it. Compared to the tight ends I had earlier, so I'll, I'll take it. Mike Evans, three touchdowns in the first half, 80 yards, six catches. He could have had a billion more. They just didn't need to do it. And Tom Brady left that game hilariously saying, like, they left points in the field. And they absolutely did. The Bears suck. Don't let me get into it. Carolina's defense, they lost 25-3 against the Giants. So this is just bad. So Peel and I notably don't have anybody on by during Bymageddon. Like Peel had Alexander Madison, Dalton Knox on by. But he's always going to play uh, Noah Fant over Knox, I'm pretty sure. For me, I had uh, uh, James Robinson on by. So, you know. Just to give you a little a little taste of the depth here. Um during during a week like that. Uh so we went over standings. Um I think one of the better things to do is to go through maybe the matchups this upcoming week, and then we can look at the power rankings according to fantasy pros. I, I'm gonna do it quick since we're coming up on the forty minute mark here, uh just going through the matchups and then my predictions. This upcoming week we've got 
Jake the Snake and Hans Molman, Blood Brothers and Bone City, Camper Dude and Gayless Gents, Pontiac Bandits and Thundercats, and then this is the year and Kickers are People too. So um, here here are my picks for this week. I got Jake the Snake over Hans Molman. I've got Blood Brothers over Bone City. I've got Camper Dude over Gayless's Gents. I've got Pontiac Bandits over Thundercats, and I've got Kickers are People too over This is the Year. Uh, I think I should be okay with those predictions. Uh, we'll see if that comes back to bite me in the ass. Um, you know, I could go through who's playing who, but you guys are going to look at that and figure it out for yourselves. I, I'm sure people need to make adjustments and, uh, you know, I don't typically, right. You know, I just don't feel, I don't feel like it today. Okay. I don't feel like it. I just want to go through the power rankings. That's all I want to do. Leave me alone. These change every week. Um, yeah. So this even changed from last night to today. Right. So I, I was looking at it. It had, uh, Pontiac Bandits was number one. Then it had uh, Blood Brothers at two, then it had me at three, and then it had Kickers or People two at four for ROS uh, power rankings. Today it's got Kickers or People two, Jake the Snake, Blood Brothers, Pontiac Bandits, uh, f- followed by This Is a Year, Thundercats, Camper Dude, Bone City, Gayless Gents, Hans Molman. Let me give you the score. We know a hundred is the benchmark. That's where Andy's at. Sitting at ninety-seven is Jake the Snake. Then 96 is Blood Brothers. We're, we're neck and neck all year. But I'm I'm fighting two heads with my one and holding them off. Pontiac Bandit's at 90. And here's where you see a significant drop-off. It, it, it's not reflected in the standings because, again, Ryan's just been unlucky with his matchups. Um, we go from a 90 to a 70. This is the year. Thundercats, 72. Then another little drop-off here. Camper Dude, 67. Bone City, 66. Down to 58, Gayless Gents, and then Hans Molman, 46. If we're looking at the, you know, where do we think everybody's going to end up at the end of the year, um, I think, you know, it's going to be kickers are people too. It's going to be Andy in number one, assuming that he can stay healthy. But, man, a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know, if, if anyone gets injured, Andy's screwed. Then I'm like, wait a second. No, he's not screwed at all. Uh, he's, he's going to make the playoffs. He's going to be the number one seed. He's going to have a record of maybe 10 and four, um, blood brothers second in the projected standings with nine and five, five and two Jake, the snake at three. Um, I'd like to fight for a higher spot because the payout's bigger, but I'll take third camper dude, Pontiac bandits, Galus gents, bone city, thundercats. This is the year Hans Molman in dead last Hans still sitting on a, less than a percent to be the league champion. So I would love to see that Cinderella story take place. Um, yeah, like I said, power rankings. A- Andy's got uh, third bench, first starters, best running backs, second best wide receivers. Um, the rest, to me, doesn't matter. Quarterback, tight end. He's got ninth and tight end, so make an upgrade there, and you're, you're golden. Um, yeah, I mean, for... Jake the Snake gets best flex, second best tight end, uh, fourth in running backs, fifth in wide receivers, uh, first in bench. For Blood Brothers, it's it's more balanced than that. Second in bench, uh, third in starters, best QB. I disagree with that, but best QB. I'm not saying Tom Brady's the best. Kyler Murray's the best. Um, RB third. So yeah, tight end fourth. It's just, it's more of a, a balanced approach. Uh, Gavigan, first wide receiver, uh, worst tight end of the bunch. Uh, I disagree with that over and over and over again. I don't know why it has Pitts 10th, but okay. Um, you know, maybe it's just, a uh, like, I, I don't know. That's it's just the dumbest thing. So I would, I would put Gav probably either before me in second or keep him at four. But I mean, you got to move his tight end up like Pitts is that good. So um, <clears throat> that's where we're at. As you can see, I'm starting to fade here. So I will just leave you with my signature uh, call off here in just a minute. Um, good luck to everybody on your matchups this upcoming week. For those of you that have some ground to make up your, your fantasy season is not over. Please remember that regardless of, you have an opportunity to win money every week. 25 bucks goes to the most points. This is divvied out at the end of the year. 
uh, after I go through and look to see, just making sure there's no stat corrections like we've had in the past happen after payouts have been divvied. So it's easy for me to go through at the end of the year and, and dish those out. Um, yeah, so there's always something to fight for. Um, just because you're two and five doesn't mean you're out of it by any stretch of the imagination. It's a long fantasy year. We're halfway through it, the regular season right now. Um, plenty to fight for. So get after it. Make sure you set your lineups. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, this it's getting so annoying. I feel like I'm I'm always sick. <laughs> I'll t I, listen, I'm going to take the next two minutes here. But probably not two minutes, maybe 20 seconds. Well, two minutes if I keep tangenting like I'm doing right now. Is tangenting a word? Tangenting? If I keep going off on a tangent like this, we're going to go on and on and on. I am always sick. Somebody here is always sick. But so, so look, usually I leave you with like a witty sign off that's stolen from something else, but I'm, I'm going to give you my own sign off today. Okay. My, I got to give, I got to give everyone advice. Mick, I know you're not listening to the podcast. Okay. And look, if somebody makes it this far, just tell Mick to go get on Spotify. It's free and listen to the end of the podcast. I love my wife dearly. I, I have always loved her. I've loved her since the day I met her. But listen, for those of you that aren't married, and there are two of you that aren't married, so you know who you are, don't, just don't marry a teacher. Just just don't do it. Here's the thing. You're always going to be sick, especially if and when you have children. You're always going to be sick because, number one, the kids are going to make you sick. They In daycare, daycare is just like plopping your kids in a pool, you know, those little pools that like you spray the hose into those blue round. It's like plopping your kids in a pool, just full of snot. That's, that's what daycare is. Even masks don't matter with that. Like the masks, the kids don't wear the masks. I'm not saying masks don't matter. I'm saying like the kids aren't going to wear the masks all day. They're two. They're, they're two. But even if they're not two, like they're four, they're not, they're not doing it. It's just not happening. So there's that. And if your wife's a teacher on top of that, like, she's just going to bring all the germs home anyway. You're not avoiding. So you're going to get the daycare germs, and then you're going to get the other germs, and you can't you can't isolate. I, I'm genuinely surprised, genuinely surprised COVID has not been brought into this household. I just am. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, God bless. Knock on wood. Whatever I got to do. Praise Jesus. All those things. Or, you know, praise Allah. Whatever we do here. I, I just... For the life of me, I have to not have contracted this virus. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm happy that I am. Uh, but boy, oh boy, I am always sick. And I, I am masking up everywhere I go. It's just they bring it here. So don't marry a teacher. Do yourself the favor. If you date a teacher, you need to get out of that relationship for your own health. Uh, unless you really need to build your immune system. Because let me tell you. I, I don't know what I'm building it for. <laughs> if I'm building it to die one day, then I'm doing a great job at that. Um, but my goodness, I am just always sick. I've had this. So the kids had this cough. Like Emma, my youngest, six month old, you know, comes back from daycare. Or well, she might be eight months now. I don't know. She's some months, months, not year. So like. Comes back from daycare, just coughing it up. And we're like, uh-oh, she's got a cold. Oh, cute coughing baby, okay. And then, like, two weeks later, she's still coughing. She's been into the doctor. We're like, uh, she's still coughing. They're like, oh, yeah. No, she's just sick. She probably got another cold after a cold. We're like, okay. Then my other daughter, Addison, starts coughing. We're like, okay. So Addison's sick now. This is after two weeks. And then, and then a week later, my wife starts coughing. So, like, we're already a month past the initial coughing was introduced to the house. And I made it two and a half full weeks before I developed this cough. The cough has been two weeks since I've had it. I still have it. Becky is just now getting over that cough. This is a daycare cough that we got. So, thanks for that daycare. We appreciate that. Um, and it's just, like, a wet cough that ha it, it is, like... You know, now I'm more congested because it's like breaking up. But during the the illness, it was just like this thing that I would just occasionally cough at random and out of nowhere. You know, you, you couldn't stop it if it was going to come. And it would it would just, my throat wasn't dry. 
you know, like when you cough, you try to get that tickle in your throat. Yeah, that wasn't even there. So, it's just the worst. Anyway, the Bears suck. We know it. Matt Nagy uh, has COVID. Um, I hear the recovery time on that is somewhere around 12 weeks now. So, um, Matt, if you're listening, ignore the part of the podcast earlier where I said that you uh, suck and you're the worst. Um, that was a joke. I... Actually, in all seriousness, like, you have COVID. I really hope you do recover from this. So, like, that aside, let me get into the joking part now. Like, 12-week recovery, take your time, stay home, get a nice book. Um, I just picked up some Dungeons & Dragons stuff. These are big, hefty books. I've got a few of them. Maybe you want to pick up that hobby and live in that fantasy land instead of the fantasy land that you are killing Alan Robinson in. Um, you know? That guy, you made him look like somebody who just wants to not be playing football anymore. And that's a shame because Allen Robinson is probably the best, if not top five best route runners in the league. So it, look, buddy, drink a lot of tea, get under that nice warm blanket. The holidays are coming up. If you're like one of those guys, you you strike me as a guy that wants to celebrate Christmas early every year. You, you probably are that guy that, Marks your calendar for the day that Costco starts selling their first decorations, Matt. Okay, and look, get the house all set up. You got to enjoy Chicago weather while you still can. Go get that nice book. Go get nice and cozy. We don't want you on the football field this week. We want you to get better. Take those twelve weeks, and we'll see you when you get back. Well, I promise you that pace. And a bunch of other people are going to be in the office when you get back. They're going to be standing there waiting for you. And they may have something in their hand with some sort of executive order signed specifically for you. Matt, you big boob naggy. Good night, everybody.